Now that I know you have a background in hoarding, mm. my Star Wars bobblehead collection, right. is that starting to become a problem? <laughs> Can you walk over it? Can you move through the household? Am I teetering on the brink? I'm trying to use the force to get over is it. it. Is that a problem? falling over on you, Brian? <laughs> Well, didn't that week go by quickly? It is that time again, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney, a licensed therapist, I, a practically lifelong therapy patient, and more appropriate, that could not be. <laughs> I'm going to prove it yet again, Courtney. I have a whole new set of issues. We have a lot to unpack here. I know. Let's get right to it. I'm starting to become convinced that mm -hmm. the older I get, success isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it can even serve as a punishment. Mm. Now, being a victim of your own success is showing itself in this way. My yep. wife had her job eliminated during the pandemic. Mm. She has a resume a mile long, and right. she has done a million different things. Mm -hmm. She has all kinds of experience, and she's done it well. The only reason why she lost her job, incidentally, she has never lost a job ever in right. her life, and she's 51 years old, mm -hmm. is because of the pandemic. She right. was working for a nonprofit. They were having financial issues. So I said to her right away, I'm not worried about you at all. Mm -hmm. We are so well networked. You have so much experience. Your resume is so impressive. And based on your age and everything else, you're going to be good. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. It is not going well. Mm -hmm. And she keeps making it really, really far in the interview process, yeah. only to have the rug pulled out from under her at the very last second. And what we have begun to discover, because I've been here before myself and mm -hmm. we have friends who are in the same boat, yeah. sometimes it gets to a point where your resume is so impressive and you are at a certain age and mm -hmm. have certain financial obligations that prospective employers will say, nah, don't feel like paying you that much money right. and rewarding you for that success. So we're not even going to make you an offer because we know you're going to laugh at us. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, we could also give the same amount of money to a 30-year-old and probably have them longer because we're willing to bet because of your age, you're already mm -hmm. thinking about retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, this plays into something that I've been saying a lot lately, too. Another thing that I'm discovering as I get older, when it comes to your career, Sometimes it's best to not be two things. One, the worst at your job, and two, the best at your job. <laughs> be mediocre. That be mediocre. way, is that, you is are that your... flying under the radar. You That's are not your advice today, Brian. <laughs> attention to yourself. And if people think you're mediocre, they also might think, well, this person isn't going to price him or herself out of this job. <laughs> right. So I don't know. You know, you hear other things, too, all of the time, and you see all kinds of jealousy on this mm. front. Let me give you another example. You and I work at the same job. Yeah. Let's just say we're both up for the same promotion. I get it. You don't. Are you happy for me? Or is there part right, of you that's right. just like that son of a right. not happy, jealous? I've had that happen to me before. Mm -hmm. This is why it's always best not to know what your coworkers are making right. monetarily. Mm -hmm. If you get some success as a celebrity, what happens? Go to their social media pages and see how they're getting trolled by people who hate their success. Mm -hmm. They hate that they're happy. Right. We just did this this week with the engagement of Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. How happy we were for them. Right. And so many <laughs> posts, I can't stand them. <laughs> I.e., if I'm going to be miserable, everybody's going to be miserable. You hear the phrase, lovable loser. I could go on and you on could, and too. on and on. So once again, this is how this is starting to work. 
I vomit everything all over you. <laughs> and I go, you clean up the mess. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I walk into your office with all of this frustration, right. these outlooks. What do you say to me? So there's a lot, of course, to unpack here. There's many things going on that I would, like I always say, we sit, we process, we acknowledge, we validate the struggle and the feelings that are going on. We'd probably be doing some education about human nature and how jealousy can be a very natural thing, especially like you were saying about in the workplace and that kind of thing. So we talk about that and we can kind of talk about that a bit later on too. We may talk about ways to get more supports, tap into your resources around some of this because I may not be an expert in the particular industries that somebody may come to me and say, okay, I'm having these struggles in this particular industry. We also have to remember what we're dealing with, especially if this is going on right now in 2020 with all the different things with the pandemic and everything that's happening with business. So it's very tough out there. So I would definitely validate the person and be like, yeah, this is really, really difficult. What are you doing to try to take care of yourself during all of this? So there'd definitely be all different sides of things to look at. Also to talk about ways that you can kind of change some things in the workplace if that's something that you're interested in doing some advocacy and looking for those resources as well. So trying to empower the person. But at first, you can't do anything until you are really sitting with that person and feeling what they're feeling and understand and get a gauge on that. We talk about hopelessness a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about this is you start to say to yourself, I can't help how big my resume is. Mm. I can't do anything about my accomplishments unless I want to hide them. Right. I can't hide my age and experience and how frustrating it is right. for somebody to get hired who has so much less experience, you know is going to do the job worse, mm-hmm. and try to wrap your head around that. All the while, looking at more examples of this, mm-hmm. in that, think about the most hated sports teams and why are they the most hated? Right. The New York Yankees. How many championships have they won? Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots. That run with Belichick and Brady, the more that they win, the more that the that rest of the do. country could not stand <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. And you can even say that about individual athletes like Brady, mm-hmm. like LeBron James. I'm a LeBron James hater. I was an A-Rod hater. Right. You're admitting all of those it. Numbers. Well, of, course, like, of course I'm a hater I'm the on same that. way as everybody else. Of course, part of his thing too was he was cheating to achieve it, which right. I really didn't like, which right. is what put him more in my sights because mm-hmm. he was a Yankee for a long time. But I loved Mariano Rivera and I respected him. I mm-hmm. think he's the greatest closer of all time, so I can kind of pick and choose. Right. But I don't necessarily know that other people look at things through that filter. And mm-hmm. I also feel like, and I've seen this before too, and it kind of speaks to the whole Blake and Gwen thing. Mm-hmm. If you're having a successful marriage and maybe one of your single friends is having some problems in the world of love, mm-hmm. there is some resentment that starts to grow there. Where they start to detest your success in that department, even though they're supposed to be one of your friends. Of course. The thing is, I think sometimes people feel badly for these dark feelings that they have, but this is part of our human nature. And we really do need to embrace it and say, okay, I might not like it, but this is part of it. And maybe it's indicating something. So for instance, when people talk about like if they feel jealous about something or they just have this, like you said, this hatred towards something and they're not sure why or just hate that person. It could be that sometimes part of it is that we are kind of born with this competitiveness of I got to get mine type of thing. Having siblings, a lot of times we are in that battle with them. I got to get the attention. I got to fight for what I need and that's for what I want. That's where it starts. So I think it starts, that's right. Yeah, it can start in families. It can start with siblings and that kind of thing. There can be a setup there where it's who can get the most of the attention and that kind of thing. So it's kind of embedded in our psyche with that. A lot of people can have inferiority complexes. It comes from like that scarcity mindset 
upset. If someone else has, then that means I don't have. So you will have resentment and you will have jealousy and you're not looking at it like there's enough for all of us. It's the Howard Stern complex, which we have discussed before. I'm a big fan of Howard, Uh but he is so competitive. And he said when he was much younger, he couldn't be happy being number one because even if anybody else had any other listeners, he would say to himself, I need to have them too. It was never enough. Because if somebody else had success, somehow he was inadequate at what he did, even though there's enough success to go around. But that can be a really powerful motivator to help you be number one. But it also can be very detrimental to your life and lead to a lot of sadness, frustration, anger, depression, that kind of thing, because you can never be number one all the time forever. You will burn yourself out. It's exhausting. I give you an example of Mm -hmm. how I'm trying to work on myself that I think might help some other people who are in the same boat. One way I'm trying to calm myself down is, I told you how I've been trying to distract myself with things like going for walks Mm -hmm. in nature with the wife, and I've been doing a lot more reading. I'm currently reading, it's Gary Shandling's book, which was put together by Judd Apatow, who he had mentored, and it is a series of all of these journals and writings Mm. and things throughout Gary's life who left us way too early. A brilliant guy. And this is the thing, I don't get jealous of people who have a lot of success because, oh God, I wish I had everything that Gary Shandling had, and I wish I had as much talent. As opposed to me getting jealous, I'm in awe of it. Mm. And it gives me something to aspire to, even if I know I'm never going to get there. But that's just me. But see, that's right on the nose, Brian, actually, because what I would do and what I have done with my clients is refocus on a growth mindset, which is what that is, is looking to say, okay, if somebody does feel jealous of someone, say, okay, what is there to learn there? Let that be an inspiration to you to move you closer to what you want. And let's look at that. And also, the other side of that is, let's look and see, is that really what you want? Because sometimes we can look at our values and say, hey, wait a minute, that person's really successful. That's not a reflection of my values, though. I don't want to do that. On a radio show, we did this earlier this week, be careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. and ask yourself, how could this potentially blow up in right. my face? And I have been around people and worked with people who have achieved that level of celebrity, and I see the living H-E double hockey sticks mm-hmm. that their lives can become because they're not able to have lives. I often tell the story of having dinner one night with Phil Hartman Mm -hmm. at 30 Rock, right next to the ice rink in that restaurant. And for the entire hour plus that we were there, there were ice skaters just completely pressed against the window, watching every single move we made, including Mm -hmm. eating. And I felt very uncomfortable, but you could tell he was so used to it that he almost didn't even notice it. To take the Gary Shandling thing a step further, not only do I aspire to be what he is as a performer, he was conflicted by that because he was also a Zen Buddhist for a very long time. Mm. And the older that I get, if ever I was going to sign up for any sort of, I guess you call it religion or philosophy, I really do admire this because he is all about everything being temporary. Mm -hmm. It's all about dismissing your ego. It's all about not worrying about what the other guy is doing or how you define yourself. Mm -hmm. Am I defining myself as a comedian or just part of this universe? Mm -hmm. And what is taking me out of that? What is keeping me from being centered? What is making me forget what is important? Exactly. And just as we always say, staying in that moment Mm -hmm. and just being one with the universe 
as opposed to just weighing yourself down with all of this other stuff that causes all of these problems. And that's the thing, Brian, kind of to bring it back to what you started with when you said success can be a punishment and a lot of these kind of system problems that we have like at work sites and stuff like that when you're saying maybe they'll go with somebody younger and that kind of thing. And absolutely, I would say to advocate because that's ageism. We should be fighting against that. But I think that if we get stuck too much in our narrative of all the things that we feel like a victim, like Mm -hmm. all of these things that keep happening to us, just what you had said, shifting that mindset to see what can I do? Where are my talents? And is there another way I can look at this? And what is the story that I keep telling myself over and over again? Because the more we feed ourselves these stories over the years and we say, oh, that happened. Now I can put that in the box too. And this and this and this. We're not looking at gathering evidence to show the contrary, to show, no, where did I get the break? Where did I get that attention? Where did something good happen to me? And I think it's important for us to look at that and to kind of shift some of the old excuses and to look with fresh eyes. And that can be difficult. Sometimes we have to sit with a mentor. We have to sit with other people to kind of figure that out. And here is sort of an ironic thing that I will say, because I always talk about how one of the biggest problems with younger generations is you're making it too much about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're the selfie generation. You're not looking outward enough. But when it comes to this particular area, this is where you need to look inward Mm -hmm. and avoid the outward distractions. And we have said it many, many times, one of the worst examples of this, instead of living your life and focusing on your problems, Mm -hmm. you're on social media, you're looking at everybody else, you're saying, why is their life better than mine? Mm -hmm. And it's derailing you from your own happiness when, once again, it is not an honest representation. They are giving you their best of the Mm -hmm. best. You are not seeing their foibles. You are not seeing their flaws. Exactly. And then it can lead to the fear of missing out, the FOMO that Mm -hmm. everyone's talking about. The kids. Uh, Because those kids, the FOMO. But you know what? We all feel it. And when we go on social media, we can all relate. We see the beautiful pictures of people doing amazing things or funny things or, oh my gosh, they're so clever or this or that. And it can make us feel bad. And again, we need to run it through that filter of what they get to do that. And I can still feel good about myself. Sometimes we feel in conflict with that. Like we can't hold both and we can hold both. We just have to work at that. Which brings it back to Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. Mm. Why does he get to have Gwen Stefani? Shouldn't you be happy for a success? Although I will say, Here is where you are correct in not liking the way that people behave. Yeah. Those people who are too in love, may I refer to the schmoopy <laughs> oh, episode, episode of Seinfeld? I'm that schmoopy, you're schmoopy. They deserve to get slapped. <laughs> that can be a little annoying. Yes, it can. Uh, More than a little. <laughs> absolutely. But it's interesting. I mean, a lot of this, like you had said, I think spinning this around and looking at all the different sides of this, this is what I would do in therapy is to help process, but also to look at kind of that education piece of how we are all similar and how we can all relate to that jealousy issue and feeling less than and the inferiority complex and all of that. Let's turn the mirror around. I like to do this every once in Mm. a while and take it off of me and put it on you. How do you deal with this frustration? Mm -hmm. We've talked about before, you have patients that will get a star at the end of every appointment, but then you have other ones that maybe need a little bit more help in relation to how you define your own success from patient to patient Mm. when you are getting frustrated. I watched the show Hoarders. I saw one recently where one of the therapists had a meltdown and for the first time ever on the show broke down crying and they were Mm -hmm. all talking about it. And she said, I'm just not getting through to this person and I don't think I have any ability to do so. Mm. How does somebody who's a therapist who's dealing with everybody else's problems 
also have to manage that on your own in terms of you kind of getting sucked into their vortex exactly. as well. Exactly. Well, that was interesting because when you said that, like my heart went out to her because <laughs> when you said that about hoarders, because when you watch that show, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. And I'm a therapist and I'm trained in helping people with issues having to do with hoarding. And I remember watching that show sometimes and being like, you want to tell them, okay, let's do this faster. You might lose your house, but you can't rush the process. You got to help the person to feel really in control. So I know that that can be really frustrating. But for my own self, there have been clients where I set up maybe a high expectation for myself on what I could help them with. And maybe their expectation is a little different. And maybe a small thing that I did that I didn't think was a big deal. when I'd be like, oh, I was just kind of given some encouragement meant so much to them because they didn't ever get that encouragement in that way. And it helped them to move forward. But there have been really frustrating times where, yeah, there might be a session where I'm managing myself in the session. But after the session, you feel so frustrated or you feel so overwhelmed, that can happen sometimes. A few tears can be shed. Usually what you would do is you would not just hold that and keep that to yourself. You would seek out some peer supervision which is the great thing that we can do is find someone, a mentor of ours or a peer of ours that we can talk to and kind of help process that because you don't want to hold on to that. And I've also had situations where we were helping people with some really severe issues where we had to intervene and send them to the hospital and those kind of cases. And that can be really overwhelming as a therapist because it's hard to see someone, even though you know you're doing the best for them, it's hard to see them in that position and it can really kind of stick to you. Two questions for you off mm-hmm. of that. First of all, now that I know you have a background in hoarding, mm-hmm. My Star Wars bobblehead collection. Right. Is that starting to become a problem? <laughs> Can you walk over it? Can you move through the household? Am I teetering on the brink? I'm trying to use the force to get over it. Is it, it. Is falling that a problem? over on you, Brian? Is it harming you in any way? <laughs> now, the second thing, you're talking about peer advisement. That mm. also brings up an interesting question. And spoiler alert about this past week's episode of This Is Us. I oh. want to know about rivalry yeah. in between therapists because mm-hmm. there is this moment toward the end of the episode episode that Randall, who has been having some issues and has been seeking therapy Mm -hmm. from a Caucasian female therapist, and once all of the George Floyd stuff starts going down, Mm -hmm. he has to approach her and say, while I have gained an awful lot from you, I feel like I need to go pursue and get the help of someone who is my own Mm -hmm. color. And right away, I thought, ooh, because anytime, even in what I do, when you get business taken away from you, and especially if they go across the street, you're like, Uh, (laughs) yes, yes. You have to also take that step back, and I believe her response was the right one. Look, Mm -hmm. this is about you getting better and your mental health, and at least outwardly, she was very gracious about it. But inwardly, Inwardly. do you think maybe there was a little bit of a battle? There could have been a little bit, because you know what, again, we're human. The thing is, we are trained from the beginning to always refer people out if we are not the ones who specialize in whatever area it is that they need. Now, I mean, working in community mental health, when I first started working there, it's like, no, you're going to learn how to deal with certain issues because this is what you're going to do. But that is something that we do learn, that we will always try to offer. There's something we can't help with. Or if somebody wants someone who's more from their cultural background and they want to have someone who can understand better in that way, absolutely, we will refer out. But I will tell you, there have been times when I've come to a crossroads in therapy where I just knew I couldn't get them any further. They needed someone who could relate on a different level. So I have referred them out. But I have had times where I would feel a little bit insulted if they were like, well, so-and-so, I might want to work with so-and-so because of this area. And it makes total logical sense. But all of a sudden, you're like, did I not do 
do well enough? Was I not good enough? You start to kind of scramble in your own mind, but then you do take that breath and say, no, wait, this is always in respect to what's best for the client. And that's how she handled it. And I knew she would say that. Well, I knew that's how they should say that on that episode when she said that, because absolutely, it always should come down to that. Let me close with another hypothetical. And I have brought this story up before. <laughs> Let's just say, for instance, that a patient comes to you and says, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with you. Right. Instead, I'm going to go to therapist B. Mm-hmm. And in your heart, you truly believe, and not from a jealous perspective, Mm -hmm. that this is not the therapist for this person. Do you bite your tongue or do you say something? And I say that coming off of, I know what therapists should say, but I told you about the therapist I had once who stopped taking my insurance. Mm -hmm. And when I said to him, I can't in good conscience keep coming here laying out all kinds of money when I know there are other therapists who are going to accept Except my insurance. Your, yeah. and can you give me a good recommendation? And he got all flustered oh, and then gosh. ended up insulting me passive aggressively in the session yeah. itself. So if somebody is coming to you, their own choice to go mm-hmm. somewhere else, and you do honestly feel that they're making the wrong decision, how do you handle that? So I would probably say, okay, that's great if that's the person you want to go to. If I had someone clear in my head that I thought would really work with them well, especially around that particular issue, I may throw that out there too and say, you know what, that's so interesting because I was thinking of so-and-so could also help you in this area. But that's great that you already have that reference. I wouldn't try to dissuade them if that's the person, especially if they have some kind of rapport or they know the person. But I may also offer another referral if I thought that was appropriate and that might be helpful because this is what we always tell people too. try me out. I'll say to clients when they come in and especially if they're kind of like leery about the whole therapy process, try me out. Try me out for a few sessions and if this doesn't work, you can go somewhere else. It's totally okay. The whole thing has to do with rapport. So if you don't click with me, then that's okay and we'll find you someone else. But I would definitely recommend. Well, I'm relieved by that answer because between you, me and the lampposts, I'm not really crazy about how you handled my whole Star Wars bobblehead thing. I'm thinking of getting a second You're going to go get a consult from somebody else? The force like is not with you in that uh, department. Young Padawan. Oh <laughs> Courtney, once again, I dump a bucket full of problems all over you. And like Jennifer Beals in Flashdance, you come out looking good. Woo-hoo! I don't know how you do it. Should people want to get in touch with you? And we talk about yes. it all the time. First of all, if you want to get in touch with us mm-hmm. on the social media platforms, at Cat Country Mornings is there. We have individual pages as well. I, Brian Mulhern, you under Courtney Kelly Bedard. Courtney Kelly Bedard, yep. And people can always get a hold of me, wellness at wctk.com. And you can also come to our website, catcountry.com. We have a Wellness Wednesday page up. Lots of great resources for mental health and getting you through all this craziness that we have going on with 2020. You can also listen to our episodes of Wellness Wednesday, a little quick dose of coping and some fun we have each week on our radio show. Oh, perfect. Well, on the way out. Oh, my God, I tripped over my Chewbacca bobblehead. You're going to have to take it home. I'm going to start my own collection, Brian. (laughs) Oh, that bleeping Wookiee. Hey, thanks for joining us on Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I'm going to have to elevate this leg. I know, exactly. Oh, no, those flip-flops did not protect you. (laughs) I want to talk about me. 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 Me.